Yep, it's the Jeremy Webisodes podcast. Here we go. Skiddly diddly widdly diddly diddly. You can you can do it too, Ryan. Spiddly diddly diddly. Whoa. That wasn't as I don't feel like I'm as enthusiastic about it as you. We'll see. That's that says more about you than it does mm. about me. Okay. Simon's over there that. drinking ouzo. Jeez. Jeez. Makes me want to say ooze. Ooh. No, 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 Joss. So welcome to the to the Jeremy Webisodes podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You're in the right place. We're a little, you know, kind of mixed up today. We, we're, we're recording at a different time of day. But never fear the lava lamp still burning brightly as a beacon for all the lost souls in the world. May they find their way home. And who's in the room tonight? Well, it's me. I say uh, you can't say me first, right? That's pro- that's improper English. It's Ryan Hatch, Simon, and I. Yes, that's who's here tonight. Joss, once again, nobody really knows where Joss is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's not on the podcast anymore. I tried to get Matt to come back down and, and take over that seat. Yeah, um, but he had you know stuff to do. He was in L.A. Good news is though, and for those who've been listening, Matt thinking about moving back to Orange County. Uh, is thinking about renting an apartment at City Lights right across the street from the lab. Really? And he's going to come down and rent an apartment until he finds a place to buy. Okay. So that's kind of cool. So as we phase out Joss McGinty, we welcome Matt Rada into the family. Nice. Welcome. Oh, he's not here. Oh, no. um, And in the interim, Simon. Simon Young, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> Always a man of many words. Hello. So we're here tonight. We are celebrating a little bit. Uh, big week for Webb's Grainworks. Mm-hmm. We got our DSP. Woo! Talk about an applause. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, if, if you're a listener, I assume you know we're building a distillery here in-house. What's a DSP? DSP is stands for Distilled Spirits Plant, and it's uh, literally our licensing on the federal level to manufacture alcohol. It's a big deal. DSP, it, it's a number um, attached to your state, so ours is CA20379, and uh, that's our number. We own yeah. that. Now, I, I don't <clears throat> think – tell me if I'm correct or not, Ryan. No. I'm not. No, I just wasn't going to tell you. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. All right, go ahead. Once you have a DSP, mm-hmm. nobody before us at this point has ever had that number before, right? I believe so. I so believe it's, our br- it's a brand new, yeah. that is our number, and as long as we retain it, I mean, that, that we own that DSP. Mm-hmm. Now, if we decide to fold up shop here or whatever, and mm-hmm. we don't end up taking off and being as wildly successful as we think we're going to be... What happens to our DSP? Is it like a jersey? Do we re- does that number get retired? Um, I, I don't know in California, but like in Kentucky, um, like Peerless, it goes on a registry. Pe- yeah, I guess. And 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 Peerless purchased, resurrected an old DSP. Well, they purchased an old uh, distillery that had a DSP because you can move locations right, and still right. retain the same. I guess what well, my point is like I'm pretty sure that that DSP number is ours, ours yeah. and if we retire, like it will never be anybody else's unless we sell it sell to somebody it to else. Someone else, and, yeah. yeah, right. I'm so that's I'm pretty not cool. Sure. Yeah, we own that number. We own CA two zero seven three nine. And I don't know that there's any sort of um, 
like in in Kentucky, um, there's a little cachet in being DSP number one. Right, right, for sure. Um, and and so being the lowest level you can be, if you're buying other distilleries and you might retain the oldest one just to have it in your arsenal, I don't know that we have that in California. Like, because well, we just we didn't even actually we didn't really even look into it. Right. We just said, here's all of our, you know, we did all the paperwork, all the legal, all that kind of stuff, and said, and then and give took us the a one number and took the DSP. Like we weren't like trying we're happy to, to have it. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Super stoked to have it. And I'm asking for the, so just so we can have the explanation. Um, so does that give us the right to make hard alcohol? Yes. Is that the right to make beer? No, that's separate. Okay. So the DSP is distilled spirits plants, specifically just making hard alcohol. So that's rad. Mm-hmm. I mean, the brewery we are also approved for federally. Yeah. Um, so we are fully licensed here to manufacture beer and hard, hard alcohol. Very cool. We are waiting for our building permit, which we should be getting here in the next three weeks, which means then we'll start building. Yeah. And like I've said before, it's it's going to be about a nine month build, which puts us opening sometime around next Christmas. Yeah. So very exciting. Received our DSP. So what that allows us to do is start to do a little bit experimentation. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to experiment tonight with the sacrification process, which is changing starch into sugar, which then yeast can turn into alcohol. So what we're doing tonight in the test kitchen is basically making porridge. Mm-hmm. We're boiling a bunch of corn, boiling a bunch of grain out there, pitching some amylase enzyme in there, and trying to see what kind of um, different consistencies that we can achieve. Um, so uh, an experiment with, you know, the, as, as we've talked about before, the extraction of the amylase from the malt, and then we've, we've used a little commercial amylase to boost it. And so um, it's, 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 you know, if, if worse comes to worse, we've made a hell of a lot of porridge. We're experimenting with a couple different temperatures, and uh, we'll, we'll basically see if what we made is uh, paper mache paste or if we have actually got something with a little more kind of watery medium in it where we think the, the, the yeast could, could live and thrive and do its thing. So that's cool. We didn't really make any food tonight, though. No. So... But we did have a we went we went pretty big at lunch. We yeah. kind of grazed. Yeah, we we had chili dogs, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. in In the world of chili dogs, I think that that was a pretty good chili dog. Yeah, it was uh, it was a, a basic chili dog, but it was good. We went to a place called Cupid's Chili Dogs up in uh, Fullerton, downtown yeah. Fullerton, downtown Fullerton. And um, and it was good. It was a larger dog than I anticipated mm-hmm. it being. I thought more like it was going to be more like a coney dog. It was damn near. Uh, I guess it wasn't a foot long. No, it was good eight inches. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it good was chili. just uh, chili, mustard, and onions. So and cheese and cheese. And cheese yeah, we add, you had to add the cheese. Yeah. So I and and what I really want to talk about if we're talking about chili dogs, well, first of all, the dog itself was good. It had a snap, yeah, which I love. Yeah, I want my dog to snap. Yeah, and that their dog had a snap to it. The bun was nice and chewy. Yeah. Now let's talk chili. Yeah, because that's really if you're going for a chili dog, no beans. The stars are chili. Yeah, no beans for sure. No beans. It's yeah. not a Sonora dog. No, which those are good. Right, but different. It's right. It's not a chili. That's not a chili dog. Yeah. It's a Sonora dog. 
If you don't know what a Sonora dog, do you know? You know oh yeah, you lived there. Tell us about a Sonora. I dog. lived in uh, Sonoran, you know, in the Sonoran Desert for a few years. It's like the city dog or whatever. Yeah, in Tucson they had a a nice, you know, they had a little spot and it was just a, a window. It was there was an order window and a handout window and like the side of a building. It didn't really look like your standard spot, but you basically could order it hot or regular. And it was just basically, it almost seemed like kind of like ranch beans. Yeah, it's pinto beans. Yeah. And the thing about Sonora dogs, it's another one of those things kind of like the Philly cheesesteak, where there's two specific places in town um, that claim to be the, the, the progenitor of the Sonora dog. And so they're constantly battling to you know, see who's got the best and who is the so original Sonora ba- dog. Bacon-wrapped, grilled, served on a... Boilio style hot dog yeah. bun. Yeah, so it's with pinto beans, onions, tomatoes, and a variety of additional condiments. Right, you can put salsa on there and mayonnaise, stuff. Mayonnaise, mustard, and jalapeno. Right, also. a lot of times you see the swirly, kind of swipey mayonnaise, jalapenos. Mm-hmm. The bun is another big aspect of the Sonora dog. It's much more like a torta style bun. It's got that kind of crusty outer crust. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a, a little mini torta they split. They put the dog in there, the beans, mayonnaise, you know. Basically, the you know, tomatoes are more like a salsa fresca. Yeah. That's the way I've had it. It's like a, a split torta, hot dog, pinto beans, salsa fresca, mayonnaise. Some yeah, Hallie's. Pretty good. Not a chili dog, though. No. Chili dogs can't have beans in them. It's got to be that kind of like, you you know, homogenous. You, ubiquitous is what, yeah, what you were going to say? Homogenous. Yeah, the homogenous Greek. Yeah. Ish. Almost like a Cincinnati style chili. Um, I, I think there's you know heavy cumin, mm. little bit of. Um, I mean, in my ideal chili dog, and in the, like the traditional Greek, it's not weird to find a little cinnamon, some allspice, some cocoa powder. Mm. Mm. Um, I don't th- believe the one today had cocoa powder in it. It wasn't dark enough of a chili. But it was definitely kind of like that. Have you guys ever heard of five-star chili? Mm-mm. So in Cincinnati, the Cincinnati chili places, it's a big deal. And the, their that, chili is a specific have, kind of you chili. chili five ways? Yeah. There's different ways you get yeah. it. One way, two way, three way, four way. And I don't know what all the different ways are, but it's, they're like it's like you get the chili, which is no beans. Or you get chili with onions, or you get chili, and then what they do is they do the chili with a scoop of pinto beans on top of the chili, hmm. so they add beans. I think that's two ways. You get wow. onions and beans. It's got a background, and there's, there's, there's definitely a connection between Greek and the chili dog, and the chili yeah. burger, and that a specific kind of chili. Okay, let's just do it. Cincinnati chili is a Mediterranean spiced meat sauce used as a topping for spaghetti or hot dogs, quote unquote, conies. Both dishes were developed by immigrant restaurateurs in the 1920s. Most specifically, the the chili recipe was developed by these two Greek brothers. Uh, Let's see if I can pull up their names real quick. Tom and John Kirijif. And they are the ones that are attributed with the kind of the uh, original... uh, chili recipe that we consider the um, Cincinnati chili and kind of that iconic uh, chili dog chili. The the ingredients um, more 
are closer to a Greek pasta sauce than a traditional American style or Southwest Santa Fe style chili. And the ingredients include ground beef, tomato paste, cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, clove, cumin, and as well as dark chocolate, as I mentioned. So, um, you can see, I mean, you don't necessarily find, uh, the, the, the cinnamon and the allspice and the nutmeg in kind of a traditional chili recipe. So that's where you get a lot of that very interesting flavor profile. And then it was customary to top it with cheddar cheese, onions, and beans. And these are the guys, that's where it came up with the ways way to order. One way, two way, three way, four way, etc. If you're unfamiliar with that, you've never been to a Cincinnati chili parlor, um, here's what it is. If you ever do get a chance to go, I highly recommend it. So they serve their chili over spaghetti noodles is the traditional way to get chili served in Cincinnati. Two ways is spaghetti topped with chili. Three-way spaghetti chili cheese. Four-way onion spaghetti. So it's called four-way onion. Four-way onion is spaghetti, chili, onions, and cheese. Four-way bean is spaghetti, chili, beans, and cheese. And five-way is spaghetti, chili, beans, onions, and cheese. And they also did the traditional coney, which are the short hot dogs, topped with the same uh, chili and uh, onions and cheese. And that really gave rise to what we consider today the traditional American chili dog. So the place we wanted to go to today, it was okay. It was pretty good. Like I said, the, the, the chili was good. It was a the snappy hot dog. Yeah. The real reason we went there, though, is because we thought they had car hops. Yeah. You know, we thought there there was, you know, girls on roller skates and the whole thing, which I thought sounded fun. Yeah. We didn't get, they didn't have the car hop. What's your, pre- like, do you I, like a car no, hop? Uh, have you ever been to a place with roller skating car hops? Uh yeah, I've been to like kind of the old '50s diner that did it, and then I've been to a Sonic. But Sonic, they don't have roller skates on. Oh, they did. Oh, they do. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. they Some always do. They, yeah, they still do. Yeah, I don't know that always, but the one I went to did. Here, let's be honest. What you really want to see him do is eat shit with your shit with your tray. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and you get a just, free meal. You got yeah, to watch somebody. Yeah. I don't know that you get a free laugh. meal. They just it just takes longer for you to get the remake. They don't, right, right. You don't give you it. your money back. Yeah, you're not you're not going and g- picking up the food or getting your money back. Yeah. <laughs> so you just get to wait longer. Yeah. I'm going to need that for free. Took too long. Yeah. So a little upset we didn't get the car hop. But the 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 hot dogs were good and then as if we didn't have enough to eat getting the chili dogs, we then went next door to the handmade hand-breaded like Kind of Louisiana, or what was it? There's like a hot chicken. Yeah, Nashville yeah hot style. chicken. Nashville finger. hot chicken. But it wasn't Nashville style because it no. wasn't oily or yeah. wet. It was more of a dry. dry. Well, hot it, look, it looks like they dipped it, right? And then they bread. They they, uh, they shook the, the well, dust. On the dust. There. On and they had an option of going like light dust, medium dust, or full dust. Or full dust. We went full dust. And we went full dust. I think had we known what that meant. We probably wouldn't have. No, no, no. We definitely would have. Oh, really? You, you got to go with full dust. Yeah, you, go you get it dust. all over the fries. Yeah, yeah I didn't think it, it was works. overly dusted. I thought I it was going to be a different. Like I thought it was. I, I don't know. I I prefer a wet a wet spice to a, a dry spice. No, so. I, I do too. Or I the think scorpion Nashville. Yeah. Like I like to see it kind of oily wet. Yeah. And this wasn't this. It was just very, very dusty. It was yeah. yeah it was a very but dusty chicken tender. It, it had a light fry on it. It wasn't over. It wasn't crispy. I mean, it was crispy, but not like 
fried chicken crispy. You right. Know, I would have liked a little more crunch. Yeah. But then the the texture and the flavor was phenomenal. Yeah, the chicken itself it was, was fantastic. Yeah. It was better than Cane's. Mm. I mean, the, the brine on it, the, the, the consistency, the, the it was a really nice piece of chicken. Yeah. So great job on, on that. that yeah. What was that place? It was called um, Jackson's. Jackson's Hot with an X. Chicken. Jackson's Hot Chicken in Fullerton. I'll tell you, downtown Fullerton, the happening little spot right by the college. Very, very trendy. There's little, you know, plant stores that sell, you know, bonsais, uh, like rad little potted plants, like the trendy ones, Monsteras. like the ones you want. The monsteras, the snake plants, <laughs> the um, what's it? The perforated monstera or whatever. Porthos. Yeah, the all of the good ones, the philanthropia or whatever that other one the is, the fiddle leaf yeah. fig. Yeah, all of them. They got them, them there yeah. in downtown. We're getting a little piece on the side here, kids. I'd like to recommend going to downtown Fullerton. We got the key to the city. Hard segue. So we can all agree we hate Joss <laughs> again. I can't, I kind of feel like that's what brings us together. Is our mutual hatred for Joss <laughs> brings us closer? So thanks for that, Joss. Make us better friends. Uh, we caught we covered chili dogs, car hops. Oh yeah, the car hop. It's like racing. You just want to see him crash. Yeah, it's like NASCAR. Yeah, they're on the fourth corner. I want to see you hit the wall. I want to just watch it go left for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to crash. <laughs> Sorry, is that bad? <laughs> anyway, we got a lot going on around here. Stay tuned. More to come. Mordecai. I don't know what that means. That's a that's a name if you're. It's a name of a falcon. Oh. It, yeah, or a. Uh, uh, one of those bearded dudes that build furniture. Ikeans. Yeah. Oh, the Dutch um, Antilles. The Dutch Antilles. No, either the Mennonites or the Quaker. Now, or what are the, the other ones? The big ones. The ones yeah. with the horses. Muslims. No. Indians. No. Um, Jews. No. Good beards, though. You guy doesn't even know about fucking hematites. That's a rock. Oh. What are they Sorry, called? Muslims. No, that's not. Still not Muslims. Um, Amish. The, the Amish. Amish. So we're we're talking about you know making alcohol and stuff here, and we're all very excited about it. And we're bringing Simon on board here to kind of learn the process and help us out, which we're we're, we're stoked on. He's a great guy. Learning more about Simon as I spend more time with him, I found out that one of the things that Simon likes to do in his free time is make wine. Mm. And I know that you used to make wine. Yes. But I'm pretty sure that the process that you used to use and the process that Simon uses are two entirely different things. Yeah. So Simon calls his wine lo-fi okay. wine. And what do you mean by that, Simon? Um, that there's nothing added. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't pitch yeast to the grapes. I don't wash the grapes. Yeah, if you're not going to yeast them, you can't wash them. Exactly. I. I just. I throw them in there. I crush them, and I let the juice from the grapes ferment, and then I move to a separate. So vessel you for you rack just... it after you made the alcohol. No. So I. Well, 
what what do you call racking? Do you rack, well, separate the solids? solids from the? Yeah, I rack after my second. So I, I have like that first firm, and yeah. then I do the second firm. I rack it, and then okay, let it sit with the airlock. Because yeah, I would I was doing um, where I would I would get the juice, obviously cut it with a lot of water, uh, and I, then I don't cut at all. Yeah, so you and started then, with juice. Yeah, I, well I started I I had a. Um, I had a, a vineyard send me pH balanced juice. Yeah, great. So they would send me a five gallon plastic tote, you know, that was. Would you add sugar at all? So no, wife? no, it was all natural sugar. Did and you add sulfites at the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't add well, any sulfites. Well, actually, I, I never really did. So. What do the sulfites do? Is that a preservative? Preservative, exactly. yeah. It, Which it stabilizes it? Yeah, and stops any other. Because so, so so basically, if you had it if you had it si- on sideways on your wine rack, well, in six months it's going to build up pressure and It'll shoot pop the cork your pork, out. Yeah. yeah, pop your pork, pop huh? your pop your pork. Um, so uh, yeah, so I would I would basically so I got pH balanced juice, which was the most amazing grape juice you've ever had. I mean, I was doing reds mostly, but I did a couple of whites. But it was like the the richest, sugariest, like smoothest grape juice you've ever I mean had then I'd cut it with water I would also add flowers and wood chips and other things to make to give it additional flavor and then pitch the yeast and then it would sit for it was kind of like flowers. one of those flowers is that a thing yeah yeah put elder flowers in it and Can all kinds of yeah you put all like kinds elderberries of, yeah but it um and then you could really you could really let it go as long as you wanted. Like you probably only needed to do eight, ten days. Um, but after two, you're making alcohol. I mean, it's got an airlock on it. And it's just bubbling consistently. Yeah. So, is your first fermentation? Is that have an airlock? Yeah. Mine is okay. I well, just, yeah, because you're look. You need the yeast. I you need the, the wild yeast. Yeah. yeast. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I, it's not open necessarily, yeah. but it has a piece of cheesecloth on top. Yeah. Um, there will be flies. Yeah. I mean, you're rotting fruit in your yeah apartment. Yeah. So <laughs> you want to yeah. keep the flies actually off the fruit, though. Right? Oh yeah. That's yeah, yeah, you have yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a cheesecloth exactly. So and how do you? So he starts with fruit. You start with grapes. And how do you crush your grapes? With my hands. And your feet sometimes? No, I I, I joke about the feet. Okay. Because I literally picture this guy throwing all his grapes in like a kid pool in his yeah. living room and dancing around in there. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I sit there and use my hands. Actually, the last time I did make wine, um, I got like a, a rash on my whole hand and forearm because it was just in the uh, juice acidic for, juice yeah. for so long. Yeah, um, I, crushing a hundred pounds of grapes in a night. I mean, it's it's it was weird. So, how long did it? How long did you was your your first ferment, and then how long was your second? Um, first firm is anywhere depending on the bubbles and how I like it to look. Um, I like it really frothy, so you know it's, yeah. it's working. You know, but you just you didn't add water either. You no. just straight juice. Okay, just, just straight crushed grapes. I left some stems. I took some stems out. I left all the seeds. Yeah. Um, Have you ever considered using a Vitamix? No, I haven't. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a press for this run though, just to get the most out of it as I can. But um. Yeah, I, I basically let let the grapes go after I crush them for about sim- similar to you seven yeah. seven to eight days or maybe ten depending on how how it's looking and then from there I 
Iraq. Okay. See, because I was doing, like, so I have my thing here. If I was in town seven to ten days, then I would then I would rack it. If I wasn't, it could go 14, 20, 25 Super days. I'm once again, just to drive that home, since you're using the word a lot, racking is separating the fruit from the list, the yes. solids from the liquid. So essentially, yeah, using using a siphon to pull the liquid from the top. Because everything and, has, has settled yeah. to the bottom it's of your fermenter. It's all absorbed, all the water. All the dead yeast. And, yeah. and, right, so, so you have the these, it's stratified, essentially. Yeah. You have the solids at the bottom of the bucket. You have this liquid at the top. So you use a siphon to basically yeah. suck all the liquid off the top. Off the top. And you yeah. try to get... I actually, you know, because you're going to rack it a couple of times, you know, over its life, so you might as well. I like to take a little more solids the first time than I would do the last because then that mixes in when you do it the next time. And what, hap- and what would happen if you took the rest of the solids and you poured that through a cheesecloth or something and tried to get all the liquid out of it? Yeah. That's, that's, what I, that's what I do. Yeah. So you can do that. Yeah. yeah. It's exactly. not going to get any necessarily off flavors. I, no. I siphon the top level of juice off the the alcoholic juice and then I put it into like a different like a big carboy that has an airlock. Yeah. After that, I squeeze out the rest of the the sediments and the the skins and like the flesh that's left, and I take that and add it to that airlocked carboy, which is just like a huge growler. Glass. Glass, non-reactive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bring and us that stuff. We'll juice it here and just throw it through the still and make grappa. Yeah, exactly. That's what Fuck I was it. just thinking. Um, I, yeah, after that, I just let it go for four or five months. Second okay. firm. Wow. Yeah, see, that's the big difference. Because like, natural yeast takes yeah, much yeah, yeah, longer. Much longer. And no, so the second firm, I, the yeast is already dead. It, it's yeah. just flavor. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. You're, you're getting basically... Well, you're getting new yeast. I guess it's airlocked, isn't it? It's airlocked. So. Nothing's going in and only... CO2 hmm. is coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, there, I bottle. We're literally, mine was like 21, 22 days. I would rack it. So I, I you know, I would, I would rack it uh, a second time. Um, and, and then I could bottle. Like there was no, I mean, I wasn't aging it. And I, and then, um, and then at that point, you would basically put in actually the last, you know, if you were going to do, you know, say I was going to, I wanted to, I was going to take it, I was going to bottle it in 25 days. Well, at 23 days, I'd go put the sulfites and all that in there because yeah. that acts as, that kills the rest of everything that's in there. Um, and also, so that, depending on what sulfite you yeah. use, it, it also can sometimes have a clay in it where it, it grabs any remaining sediments and just yeah. brings them straight to the bottom. Yeah. So you get a clear wine. Exactly. My um, wine is cloudy. Yeah. Um, mine was clear. Yeah. Your wine is very cloudy. Compared to like regular wine, yeah. I mean it's yeah. it looks it's like milky. You know, I've never tried it. I've seen a lot of pictures. He's got a, a Instagram uh, lo-fi wines, free jazz lo-fi wines. Nice. Um, Baby, want bottle? Come get one. Yeah, <laughs> he I, be nice to have one around the office. I'm just saying. The thing is, is you got to open it and you got to drink it. So let's yeah. do it. Okay, let's do the lo-fi wine episode. So right. yeah, so like I literally, I would do it and get. I don't know, four cases, you know, four cases of, uh, wow. Um, I, I would do my thing and, and basically pour four cases of, uh, for you. Yeah. He's not going to measure pour his, um, I would make mine, you rack it to get clear, probably rack it again. You know, after I put in the, the sulfites to keep it clear and to kill anything off. So it doesn't, it doesn't keep going. 
a lot of times I didn't do the soul fights. Um, just because I knew the wine wasn't going to be around too long. Yeah. And we weren't aging in oak or anything anyway. It was going from a, from a glass carboy to glass bottle. It wasn't picking up any age, you know, from a from oak, except for the oak that I put that I mixed in while it was fermenting. And so it wasn't like your hardcore cab. Yeah. But it also were you buying Cabernet grape juice? Um, Cabernet sometimes, grape juice? yeah, sometimes I was doing Cabernet and a lot of Syrah. Ooh. Syrah was easy. Yeah. Um, K Syrah Syrah. Yeah, and then basically. Uh, racked it so that I had um, so I could get as clear as I could um, and it was pretty pretty clear uh, and then basically just bottled them all but I would get like four cases and then How many I would bottles are in a case like 12 12 yeah, yeah and I made, um, I made out of a hundred pounds of grapes I made almost 50 something yeah bottles yeah bottles of wine yeah um, I mean some some of the ones that were towards the end were were Definitely had like a little bit of sediment in them, a little more than the the ones that got the clarified yeah. wine. But it was great, and I would just I would just literally go to a, a party and bring yeah, a case full, or two. Yeah, exactly. And then we would just start pulling corks and every and start drinking. And because we didn't have any added, there wasn't any sugar left. It was all alcohol. Um, I could get one high thirteens, low fourteen percent. Um, but like very little hangover. Like you could literally drink well, yeah, without the multiple fights, bottles great. a person a night and have no problem. Yeah, that's, that's fun. It's like oh, it's old school. Like that's my favorite kind of wine. Yeah. Fermented <clears throat> grape juice. Yeah. Without all the sulfites, without all the bullshit. Just fermented grape juice. Table wine, essentially. Yeah, it's table yeah, wine. That's yeah, my exa- favorite exactly kind of wine. Yeah. Old world table wine. And it was literally costing me eighty dollars for four cases oh, five great. cases of wine mine's, all, mine's a little more because yeah. I'm, I'm buying yeah really really nice grapes. really really good grapes yeah no i mean i was buying I mean, not I was that you're buying a, shitty juice no i was like, but i was buying i mean it already was ph balanced on it so i didn't have to worry about it being acidic or being basic like it was it came to me perfect i like what i wanted to do is to make wine the way the romans did right exactly just ago. get all dionysian yeah, just get weird <laughs> um, I, I wanted to take the grape at whatever stage it was at. Yeah. And I wanted to just do it. Um, no, I respect that. Yeah. And I, I yeah, it was, it's just like kind of fun too. Oh, yeah. It's exciting to make yeah. your own shit. I'm, For sure. I'm, I'm all about kind of just like making my own stuff anyway. So, all right. Well, we're definitely into that around here. So there's a little further insight into our man, Simon Young. Uh, future Sellerman extraordinaire. All right. Well, thanks for being here. Yes. Filling in the gaps. Let's kind of try to put it together for next week. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit up James Kelly. I'm gonna hit up Anesha. I think it's been a while. She was like our first musical guest, so I think it'd be fun to have her back. Uh, let us know, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You can find us on Facebook, the Jeremy Webisodes Podcast, Instagram. You can go to our web page. Uh, Websworldwide.com and let us know. Uh, it, are, you know who you'd like to hear on the show again. Are you on MySpace? I am. My name is Tom. <laughs> I'm everybody's friend, including yours, ladies and gentlemen. That being said, we look forward to seeing you right here next week on the Jeremy Webisodes podcast. <laughs>